Welcome to Voices in Hyperspace, a podcast where a group of sci-fi enthusiasts come together to discuss science fiction in all forms. Our ongoing main mission is to review the hit 90s TV show, Babylon 5. And uh, we are actually, this time, recording a side mission because, you know, we're very busy with everything. Um, and we have a special guest. So uh, I guess I'll introduce myself, seeing as how we're doing this very different. This is Legendary Black Lion. I'm Bella Silo. This is Sunday. And our guest for our side mission is Dalibor. How's it going? How are you doing? I'm Dalibor Zhivich. I am the indie hype man. I, uh, <laughs> I'm super excited to be on this. I, I, I started catching up. Uh, on the backlog, and I uh, started watching the show again because it's it was like I started watching it before we st- before you guys talked about this at all, and then you were like, "Hey, we're going to do this," and I was like, "Oh, it's cool." So I stopped, and then I I started all, all over again, and it was cool to watch the episode and then hear you guys like takes on everything and discussion about it. Like that was actually a really cool, cool yeah, process. yeah. It's um what what I'm realizing is to do this on a week to week basis, like the way that it used to be broadcast is a challenge. Like I always want to jump ahead and read and um, read, watch the next episode. When, um, when I was originally do, when I did my original watch through, you know, my initial watch through from 2022, because I feel like I would rewatch it every two years or so. So when I was doing my 22, 22 watch through, I just burned through season one and now watching it with, um, with my friends here, I'm realizing like, yeah, there are, there's a good, a handful of filler episodes. Oh yeah. And, um, and there were some really, <laughs> some really fun and cool, uh, things that pop out about the characters. We've, we've, um, identified a particular trait with, uh, commander Sinclair. Um, he seems to always put himself in danger. That's a that's a classic uh, sci-fi captain thing, right? Uh, that, that was like one of the that was like an ongoing joke on TNG was, uh, you know, as your first officer, I should you know contest you going down. But he's like he's always on the away missions. Kirk was yeah. always on every away mission. <laughs> every, every captain's like, ah, now I'm in charge. Now I get to tell myself to go. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. The thing, what we, you're right. You are correct about that. Uh, with TNG or with any of the Star Treks, they send they tend to send like the entire senior bridge staff on away yeah. missions. <laughs> Conspicuously, the main cast is always who's going down. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do we need the navigation? Why do we need a pilot down here walking around? Somebody mm-hmm. needs to die. Oh, if yeah. somebody goes down this not a part of the senior cast, they're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a joke on um lower decks too. It's like us lower decks are ones that go down instead of the, the main crew <laughs> because they actually need to be up there on the ship. Like. Yeah. The fun thing about Babylon Five is there's so many characters. There's so many different characters. Um, the alien characters are. Like to me, they're the ones who help make the show. Um, well, so far in season one, in season one, the human centric episodes are the driest episodes. Um, and they also tend to be about space Nazis. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm always, you know, I'm always 
curious about that. Like, okay, we got rid of all the alien characters. Let's let's show off all the Nazi, the potential Nazis from Earth. Put them in these nice, um, stylish uniforms and have them march around and bark orders. Which, of course, you know I'm talking about Psycor. So, mm-hmm. Psycor and what was the other one? It was um, Homefront or yeah, is that what it, is that what they were called? That was like Homefront. Yeah, might be Homefront. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like we're not in conflict with aliens, so we have to be in conflict with ourselves. Yeah. If we're not Ab- going to have the aliens in it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, j- just to kind of wrap up this part, uh, what are some of the some of your favorite parts of uh, Babylon Five? Uh, do you remember specific season one episodes? And if not, you know what? Some of your favorite things that are not spoilers for people who haven't um, gone through the series yet. So non-spoilery, uh, I always, it's funny cause I didn't know at the time, but I always loved, um, I always loved, uh, I'm terrible at names, by the way. That's the other fun fact about me. That's okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, it, we'll figure it Delin, out. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Delin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Delin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cause I'm like, I'm like confusing it. I'm like, like, cause, cause, uh, in X-Men there's a character called Deken. So, uh, yeah, it's like right there for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she, uh, Mira Furlan is, uh, is Balkan like me. So I didn't know that oh. when I originally watched the show and then like years later she was in something else and somebody pointed out that she was Croatian. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And it was just like, she's one of my favorite characters from that show. I was like, that's it, it like really kind of brought that together for me. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I like all the character actors, um, in general, I mean, I think she, who she is, and kind of like the uh, secrets that she's holding, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the show are <laughs> are very interesting. Uh, and it's funny when the um, uh, in the pilot, uh, the 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 new when Ross showed up, uh, his species. When I saw his ship, I was like, "Oh yeah," because it's been a while since I've watched it. Mm-hmm. So when I saw his ship, I was like. Oh, I remember things now. <laughs> like, yeah. Snap some things forward. I was like, this is, I'm like, it's been a while, but this is going to be real fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like how you said, like, yeah, the secrets that she holds. First of all, I like Mira's, um, her approach to acting in the show is amazing. Um, she emotes. She says, I mean, of the alien characters that where her face is not so covered in uh, makeup, uh, she makes the most of it. She absolutely sure. does. And it's, um, and it's wild because, you know, they don't, uh, the Mimbari don't have eyebrows. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, it's weird. Whenever I can, you know what? I've seen that a few times. I never noticed it for some reason. I'm like, I'm a, well, so like when I, wa- I, I don't know how everyone else is this. I know when I watch people talk, I look at their mouth cause for, to like kind of get like both to like get the full picture. Cause sometimes if yeah. I mishear something, I know the shapes of the you know words and stuff. So I don't necessarily look at people's eyes as often as most people do. I think so what I've, there's been many situations where like I'm watching a video and, you know, like on YouTube or something, and someone will be like, yeah, so this, this, and this, and that's why I don't have any eyebrows. And I'm like, oh, crap, you don't have any eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's the same with Whoopi Goldberg. She um, 
doesn't have eyebrows. And I never noticed it until someone posted like a image on Facebook or something. I'm like, really? And I'm, and, but she, like her, she emotes so well. You can know exactly what she's feeling. It's not like a problem. It's very easy to overlook. Um, and she never had them drawn on. She never did any, um, makeup in that way. Um, but oh my God, it's true. Yeah. I never, <laughs> I've watched her in so many things. I've yeah. never noticed. This is, yeah. my, this is my point. Yeah. 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 I yep. get told that I look like her so much. They're like, you look, you look like a young Whoopi Goldberg with eyebrows. Like, okay. <laughs> with eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Now, are they saying that because of the locks or, or no? What? Just like, in general, we have we have the same bone facial structure. Yeah. Like, look, I'm not um, gonna lie. I would have rather I, had, I had you play the the younger her on Picard oh, than yeah. who they pick. Yeah, yeah. I, I look a lot like her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you bring that up. Um, oh God. Okay, we can jump into some Star Trek. <laughs> look, I don't I don't think she did a bad job. I just. It didn't feel like a young, uh, like a young guy. Then, like it just didn't. Right, like, right. Because like she, when she was in the eighteen hundreds, her personality was completely contrast. It she was she was like she is in TNG or like yeah. in on the ship when she was in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. So right. why in modern times was she act completely different? Yeah, yeah. And, right. That's been that's kind of like my frustration. Well. Not my frustration, um, because you you have these you have these uh, showrunners. The studio wants to have the TNG crew. They're 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 feeding off of nostalgia, but they're like, okay, we got to do some time travel. That means we got to recast this character. I mean, I love Whoopi, but she's what she's in her sixties. Um, there's there's only so much you can do with CG de aging all that stuff. It's like okay, we got to recast her, but they recast her with someone who does not look like her at all. Not even a little bit. Not yeah. even a and little her, bit. Her locks. She didn't even have locks. She had <laughs> with, um, the, like braids or something. Braids. Yeah, they didn't look like locks, but she had locks in the the Victorian <clears throat> period. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that whole Klingon thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll touch on that, but um, y'all should have known not to do that again, <laughs> right? But this is this is kind of my question to everyone. So, one, how valuable is nostalgia in Star Trek? Um, and then, two, do you think it's ever been handled well in in the entire series? I think some of it they rely on nostalgia way too much, but with Star Trek Prodigy. They had they it was really well done where you're ex- re, you're using this nostalgia nostalgia from Star Trek but not they're introducing it brand new it really felt like it was geared towards let's get the next generations to actually see this it, it, I, when I watched it with engineering I wanted to like I got all excited and wanted to explain it it wasn't like thrown in your face it was literally woven into the story. Whereas with a lot of other things like lower decks, yeah, that's the whole point. The point yeah. But uh, with Picard, they did it, but without it being silly and purposeful, they just did the nostalgia. And with the reboots, it was like we're just going to throw it in there as a joke. That um, to it, it wasn't 
woven into the story very well. It, it, it was like, we're throwing this in here. Look, look, Trekkies, you can get your thing. <laughs> kind of like the, uh, the Easter egg um, things that they do with uh, Marvel, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked the um, in Prodigy having, don't tell me, her name is Janeway, <laughs> mm-hmm. to be like a part of the ship. And Star Trek Voyager was what really got me into Star Trek. Uh, and I'm not, you know, as far in as most people are, but I do consider myself a Trekkie. And I binge watched every single one of those episodes and to be watching that new thing with her and her having to discover and really figure out where she is, that she's a part of the ship and all the things. I I just really enjoyed it very much. Um, when I think about other episodes and nostalgia, I am led to think about um, the world, I think is what it is. And, and the different little touches and things that they're trying to put into that because it's still supposed to be like in that same time frame but clearly you know we can tell that things are upgraded and that it is a newer um, show but I really am enjoying that one too um, I don't know if they're I think that um, they they do rely on it in some aspects, uh, but I think it's been done very well in a lot of different situations. Um, like you said, uh, Prodigy did a really good job of uh, I also grew up like I also like fully bought in with DS9 and Voyager and like to me Voyager is home the like that is that is my home in Star Trek so when they were like oh it's going to have Janeway in it I was like I'm watching it I don't care if it's for children I'm watching it <laughs> like it's going to happen and they were like oh seven like when 7 of 9 showed up in that first season of Picard I cried cuz I love that character her journey was so fantastic and her arc in those three seasons of Picard oh my god when he said like with like when we spent the entire second season with like her kind of being salty that she didn't get accepted back into like Starfleet and 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 like they didn't let her kind of be part of it because of her her history and then the like in the finale when he hits her with that field commission, I was, I was just balling, just balling. I was, just, I was <laughs> yeah. done. I was done. I was like, oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> like, it, it, cause to me, like, I remember when she fought so hard to like fit in on the ship and to like make personal co- connections with people. So like, to have her finally be like considered a valuable member of the star of Starfleet and, and, and of a crew, and then ultimately the finale of season three of Picard. Like, oh, that's I love that entire arc, and and it's funny because they uh, when they announced Picard, they were like, oh, you know, he because he, he was he was real big for years. He was real big of like I'm not doing this again. Like I've, I've told all the stories that I want to tell about this character, and uh, when they when they hit him with like the pitch, and he's like, this is an interesting thing to explore about him. It was really just about Picard, like, finally, like, closing the books on his several traumas. And 
I dug that. I dug that. I was like, Ricard had some outstanding shit to deal with. Like, there was yeah. some stuff that we just never covered. <laughs> Which, yeah, you're, that's great because you're pointing out, like, um, the schism between him and his brother. Um, oh, yeah. His father. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what happened with him and the Borg. Um, the one thing that they didn't really touch on, and, uh, you know... It's it's whatever, but him and Benjamin Cisco never had that conversation. Uh, yeah, that's well. That's for what I understand, he doesn't want to come back. Yeah, like I, would, I, I, would I understand. Kill, oh my that. God, I would kill for I would kill for him for him to come back. Ben, ben like, look, it's this is gonna sound weird, but I've been I've been like planning on making this video for a long time. I just I don't know how to make it without sounding like a fucking weirdo, uh, <laughs> but like. Ben Sisko is one of my black dads from the nineties. Like my, I, I've been making, I've been planning on making this video called "I Was Raised by Black Fathers," and because like all all the TV I watched had black dads that taught all the all the good like all the lessons I learned. Like I was raised by a single mother; she was always working. So like I learned my lessons from black dads on TV. So like. Ben Sisko's one of my black dads from the nineties. Like I don't, it's, it's, it sounds weird. I sound like a fucking weirdo. No, I know, no, but no, like no. you don't actually, <laughs> actually like a lot of people point out like that very thing. Um, ben Sisko is, is like the black dad, the nineties, but, but also you have to think of like who, who, who his peers were. Um, James Avery. Um, Oh shoot. The guy that car plays Carl Winslow, uh, Reginald Bell Johnson, um, I just watched. I made yeah. my I made my niece watch the first episode of that. I was like, "Oh my god, it was so good." <laughs> which, which, okay, in, uh, on my own, I'm like, "Yeah, Reginald Vell Johnson was great." First of all, he's been the same character for like 30 years because um, he he's always a cop, right? Um, he was in the die first Die Hard, and there's this fun internet um, headcanon theory that he, uh, Carl Winslow is that same cop, but he got. Um, He's in like witness protection in Chicago <laughs> because because remember the story of that cop is that he shot a kid and he has trauma from that. And then apparently he had to be relocated or whatever. But it's it's like it's, it's a fun, goofy thing to think about. Um, but they always made sure that these characters, these um, these father figures had like some very important and very like grounded um, scenes that made you feel like, yeah, that's some really, that's a, that's a, that's a really good fatherly character that comes through. Um, and everything that's going on around them, you know, of course they always have to be a goofy dad at some point where they do a dumb thing or whatever. But yeah, like, uh, Benjamin Sisko definitely, of course, you know, uh, a drama versus a sitcom. He's, he's going to come with some heavier stuff, but, sure. but Brooks was, he brought it. Whenever I look back at the leads for the for all of the Star Treks, you have you realize like these these leads have some real acting chops, and once they find oh, their yeah. rhythm in the show, that's the show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Brooks, Avery Brooks, got it in season two. Well, actually, when did he get to check shave his hair? Season three. Oh, I don't remember. Oh man. But it's like when when he when you when you got bald headed Cisco, that's when you had the Cisco. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was when that's when he like really like 
stepped out of the shadow. Like I think the season one was really all about like him still living in the shadow of of Wolf Three Five Nine, and like still kind of reacting to everything from that perspective. And like when he moved into season two and three, that's that's when he like he's like I'm here. We're doing this now. Like yeah. And, and, and some, also some of the oh I apologize go ahead man oh uh, sometimes some may say that the joke is once you get a dramatic hairstyle hair um, change oh uh, your personality and everything changes too like he just seemed more confident yeah I, I think a lot of that also had to deal with um, some of the behind the scenes things he was. He was really fighting to be himself. Uh, Every Brooks was fighting to be himself on the show. Um, oh, what was the show that he did before he was a cop? I can't remember the name of the show, and I feel horrible. And if we get a significant number of listeners, they're going to like spam us with uh, the answer to this. But whatever it is. Um, uh, the showrunner was worried that people would, for hire. What was it? Say it again. Answer for hire. Is that what it was? Man, I can't remember. Yep. But okay, cool. But he was a he was bald with a goatee in that show. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't want him to be bald with a goatee in Star Trek. They said, We already have a bald captain. That's uh Picard. And Picard, they wanted to give him a wig. They wanted to yeah. <laughs> Did they did, and I, that would have been that would have sank that show, right? And 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 so they kept Brooks with hair, which he was losing his hair, and eventually he was. I think they wrote it in his contract that he cannot shave his head. Um, so that was something he was frustrated about. And then finally, I can't remember exactly the season. It was either season the end of season two, beginning of season three. They relented. They let him cut his hair, and then like all of his uh, acting superpowers just kind of activated. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and just kind of going back to the uh, the 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 thought of um, Cisco being dad. There were some stares, some looks. In some of those episodes, but I'm like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want Dad looking at me like that. Screw that. Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to disappoint you, Father. <laughs> um, which made Jake make a lot more sense. His his character arc was um was really good. Like for, I think for the '90s, it was very progressive to have a single black father. Uh-huh. Usually, it was um. Usually it was like, you know, the nuclear family, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was, you know, Star Trek was very different. It was very, and at the time it was great. Like it was dramatic and it, and it made, it made for some great stories. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, what I was going to say, just kind of wrap up the whole nostalgia part of this. I think, I think Star Trek does very well handling the nostalgia for like previous series, but there are times like, you know, certain episodes where for some reason they just don't stick the landing. And I think Picard season one, um, and most of season two, they, they, they struggled. Season three was the perfect 
to me, the perfect, um, like, it was like, I guess the perfect mix of uh, connecting to the older series, the older stories. Um, and I would say a big part of that was having Jordy and Worf in there. Yeah. But I, but now, now it's like people, people are like, "Hey, these new characters are the, you know, uh, we really want more of them." Um, for instance, okay, Captain Seven of Nine, uh, we've we've had her story arc through Voyager, and now it's like there's another story to be told. Um, I'm into Raffi. I want I want more Raffi. I want her to be oh, part oh, of. Yeah. I want Raffi to like be her. part of like Section Thirty One or something uh I, I know they i know they want her on the ship she's like the first officer what is, what is, is that really what she is yeah she's the first officer and I, but i think that that's going to create a very interesting <clears throat> dynamic because we've never had a full-on relationship between the captain and the first officer right so i think that's going to create a really interesting dynamic when when it comes to like away missions and things like that yeah and um oh What's his name now? Uh, Picard's son. Jack. Jack, Crusher. Jack, Jack, Jack Crusher. Crusher. Yeah. Um, I'm not sold on this character. Uh, well, I'm not sold on this character being part of the crew. Uh, I would love to see kind of like some development of this character outside of Starfleet. But mm-hmm. that's just me. Um, yeah. But. He doesn't have the personality for Starfleet, which I guess sometimes works when you try to put it in, but it it would seem too forced, like if he was to. Well, but, so I didn't know that they brought it. They they gave him a, a role, and I didn't know that. I guess somebody I don't know how they figured it out, but like from what I've read is that he bec- he's the counselor, and I was like, really? So he's not even medical. He's a counselor. That's I'm like, interesting. Yeah. I'm like, that's a weird way to use nepotism. I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to get you on a ship. Uh, oh, looks like you froze up. We will wait. Like it's, it's a weird. Look that out. That's, that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't recall them like mentioning it in the episode or when they did the like little pan of everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. I guess I don't know why they why people have have tagged him as the counselor, but that appears to be whatever everyone has accepted him as in that crew. And I think as that role, which is in all effects kind of minimal and like advisory at best, I think he could be an interesting character from from the perspective of like he's been he's like got the pirate history, right? He's got the like you know off books kind of uh, action history, so that could be his like. Hey, Captain, uh, you can say no, but I'm going to be off the ship for a few minutes and uh, we're just going to get this done real quick. Like that kind of character. Yeah, that's, like that's, world of the team. Yeah, that's what yeah. it sounds like, being able to get him on the ship, but like off the ship to do his own thing whenever. <laughs> right. And him being a counselor also makes no sense because he's only 20. I mean, yeah, right. maybe he I mean, his skills are he he's very um, persuasive. Apparently, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so with all of that, th- I know that a lot of fans are looking forward to. I think it's going to be well. The rumor is Star Trek Legacy. Um, what is what is this iteration of the Star of the 
of the Enterprise. Enterprise H? G. What G? Inter- Enterprise G. G. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about the Titan becoming the Enterprise G. Um, yeah, that was dumb. That was I'd, real dumb. I'd rather them just get another ship. Because right. I didn't like the way the Titan looked at all. I know people... Some fans were like, oh, it looks great. It looks like the old Enterprise. I'm like, nah, they could do better. Like, it was like, oh, this is the, like, this is the ship that we just kept slapping new parts on until it was no longer the original ship it started as. Like, we just, (laughs) oh, new, new, new nacelles, new hull, new, new, new pylons, like, everything's new. Like, well, they just make it a new ship. Like, right. Right. We just upgraded all the parts. They took an old car and made it into an electric car. They just swapped out the engine. Right. <laughs> so basically, yeah, right. So depending on whatever goes on with Paramount, we may be getting Star Trek Legacy. Um, Discovery is about to air its final season. Um, I'm so sad about that. I love I love Discovery so much. I think what Discovery. Oh, let's go ahead. Oh, what about Discovery? It let y'all go, but that is my show. I really um, was appreciative of when they jumped out into the future, wherever they went, that they tied up um, what's my man's name? The number one Vulcan that everybody knows. Spock. Oh, yeah. Like, he, you know, got the Vulcans and the Romulans. <laughs> You yep. Know, mm-hmm. All yeah. and everything was okay. Navar. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I like I like seeing that, and I think that was another one of those examples, of like when when nostalgia really works well, because when they hit us with that like that that like uh, montage of like the various Spocks through the years, I was like, damn, that's good. Like, yeah, like, show her what happened to her brother after she left that time period. Like, that, that's kind of cool. Like, that was a great moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm. I was excited about Discovery was them having that f- big jump to the future because so far, like each, well, between uh, the original series and TNG, what is like, um, like almost a hundred years. They basically is one century and then another century. I think it's like what 80 years or so. Um, and yeah. so you're for, for a very long time, you're dealing with the same time period except for, uh, Enterprise. And I'm, I am interested in the TNG era Star Trek. However, I'm also okay with us taking a look in the future of that. Um, and when Discovery did make that jump, I'm like, cool, we can like do something different. The one yeah, you thing can have, you can have interesting, like interesting stuff in the, in the time period. Yeah. It also kind of, oh. no, go ahead. Go ahead, Mel. Uh, with new um, uh, strange new world, I noticed that the the changes that they made made sense to like the perspective that we have on the future, especially since um, like a lot of the technology that they had to portray the future back in the sixties are things that we have now, but we don't have a hundred years for. So it kind of made sense for them to to change and upgrade a little bit. Yeah, because. Yeah, because so it's I mean, always it's always the future to us. So yeah, I mean, yeah. For fifty bucks, we can get a um, communicator that plugs into our phone and 
a pin. There's a pin one. Like, oh my god. Oh yeah. The one thing, the one thing that I'm kind of the way I kind of feel weird about, like, I understand the story that they were telling and it's how important the principles of Starfleet are. Um, And so the whole, um, the whole journey and mission to reconnect Starfleet is awesome and it's great. And I feel like they achieved, they they pretty much achieved that by the end of um, season four. Um, pretty cool. However, I'm thinking, you know, 900 years in the future, there could be like completely different perspective and perspectives and views on how to achieve those goals. And it's like, basically in a thousand years, Starfleet really doesn't change, but the universe around it does. And I don't know how I feel about that. I think they, they have the opportunity to go into so many different directions now. The opportunity is yeah, definitely exactly there. I, I really feel about it. I, I'm sorry. I think Damian knows exactly how he feels about it. It's just that people, even as leftists as they are, are not you know taking the steps that need to be taken to get the goals accomplished that they say that they want. As long as they're continuing to participate you're cutting in and out I heard that clearly <laughs> oh I mean, wow I didn't out, we understand yeah okay I, I understood well there's that but then I think also it it's the writers too it's like what kind of story do they want to tell right and so me being a you know a consumer of the media I I have ideas. I'm like, oh, it would be so cool if they could tell this story. But I'm not going to be in that writer's room. <laughs> so Why not? Don't sell yourself, sure. Well, it, it's going to take me well, a... Well, just let me know because maybe I'll be in there one day. <clears throat> but also, <laughs> I feel like the, the whole like Third World War is supposed to go on with the um, genetic um, mutations, not mutations, like the, the augmented, oh, yeah. Cool. The augments, yeah, that's supposed to like be a dark ages for humanity and like back everything up when it comes to progress because everything's being destroyed. And so, like, if you played it off, that would be a good idea if they made more like a series that actually took place during that war to show how much was lost, and that would make sense for how much their technology is not so much <laughs> more than ours, other than like space travel. Uh, like simple stuff, like the the tablets and all. Like, what if somehow all the tablets and all the data about tablets? Was oh, yeah, I see what you're so saying. Destruction of war, everything so lost. So Did they have to start over again, kind of. So you're saying like have some way for them to canonize, like the actual, like the different events during the war, because right now. Right now, what they're doing is kind of like a weird timey, time, tra- timey wimey recanonization, retelling of the of, of the uh, the augments war and uh, and all of that. Um, and and all of that is because the different c- series played around with the nineties, and so mm-hmm. what with right. Voyager they went they went to L.A. in the nineties, and there was no World War, and um. And <laughs> fans were asking questions like, well, what happened? And, and I think they're trying to, the, uh, there's been different 
attempt to explain like, well, it wasn't an out in the open war. It was kind of a crypto war. And I'm like, that's kind of a cool way to look at it too. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, you, but that's I, not, but that's not what they'd shown us before. Right. That's not, they showed, they showed us, they showed us actual, like what happened was that their, their, the planet was divided up amongst these augments. Yeah. And like, they were ruling them like, like dictatorships. Like yes. this was not, that's why when we, when we see the episode where Cisco goes back in time to, um, well, like 99 or whatever he goes back to. Yeah. The bell like, riots. We see, we see the, like the, the riots, like that's because they're at that point there is supposed to be like one of these augments is in charge like that's that's the era that he goes into wow yeah so and they mentioned it um when q put uh picard through um um trial for humanity and then in first contact we got to see like this the way that the con- living conditions were when yeah. he was building his ship. Like, mm-hmm. it would make sense to show the world just being so destroyed after that. Yeah. And all those things can contribute to everything being so blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 kicker, the kicker there is that the the supposed, like, catalyst, not supposed, I mean, this is the canon catalyst that they say brought them out of that era and brought them out of this this time of uh of of war is when they introduced the food replicator and there's a couple ways to go about that you could you could have it be like oh okay so like you know we've we've ousted the augments and they're off in space or whatever now so now we're like rebuilding and this is like the innovation that like propels humanity forward because oh now we could just fucking feed anybody and we're good we don't have to worry about hunger and or you could make it, you could make it that it comes out of the occupation and like it's the thing that galvanizes the rebellion because now we can feed our troops and we can actually all put up a real fight. And it's like it, it's a thing that comes out of um, like the necessity of you know like innovation from necessity. Yeah. Like they need a way to eat, so they're just like working and working and working. Someone just it snaps for it. Yeah, all those are really good points and to pull it together in a story where there's different aspects one where the people can uh, be able to get the needs that they need get their needs met and also have enough of the needs in order to fight back the augments and then also um, just trying to what was the third thing (laughs) but all those elements kind of work together as because nothing ever just happens in by itself that's yeah, true. Like, That's true. If you we look at learning history, it was like this war ended because of this, but it's it's not just that. There's always so many different perspectives that can be told. So yeah, I like they all that. they could attempt to go the Star Wars route and fill in that space with a show similar to like what Endor is doing. <clears throat> I right. look. Um. And I've shared this a lot. So Star Star Wars is a fun, it's a fun couple of movies. But I think Andor. It's a fun couple of movies. This yeah. man just dismissed seven <laughs> out of nine movies. <laughs> <laughs> I will Eleven not. I will include the extra ones. And I will not explain anything. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm choosing that your your couple of movies are. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. 
You're not going to explain. I will not explain anything. <laughs> but I think what Andor does, it does a great job in filling in the blanks as to where did this rebellion even come from? And, um, and I like the approach in that, like, hey, this rebellion, uh, can it could look very much like uh revolutions that we've seen on the earth you know during the 20th century and right. um with the character endor he's not particularly a revolutionary character he's forced to be and then um the story of the things that are happening around him are like so fascinating and he just ha- he's he's put in a position to where it's like he has no choice he's he's He's, he's, I mean, he could just hide out, but he doesn't have that option because, um, one, the Empire's looking for him. Uh, right. Two, he originally was starting out looking for his sister. And then three, in all of this, all these things that's going on, the people around him that he cares about and all the things, the, the things and the people that he care about are all being negatively affected. And so, um, he he even tried to hide out, but he got arrested and sent to prison. And um it it could like the way that they are the way that, that you know season one of Andor to me probably the most coherent and very well written Star Wars uh in the entire series. But um the thing about that is extremely dramatic. It's not it's not fun, it's not um lightsaber uh, battles and, uh, laser fights. It's very dramatic. It's very, um, no cute babies. No cute, no cute baby Yodas. Um, it's, it's very gray. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I like it. I think, I think what, uh, Disney and Lucas is doing with that series. I mean, a lot of people said the same thing about, um, Rogue One is like some people say like, oh, it's the best Star Wars movie. I don't think it's the best, but I think it does a good job in showing us like, okay, you know, all this stuff that happens in episode four, five and six. Well, here is what led up to that. And here is why people are rebelling. This is why the uh, Empire is evil. Um, It's not just because of this one evil dude. It's like lots of evil people and evil organization and structure that is oppressing people and i'm like yes i'm i'm very much into like explaining that and the way that they're doing it is is is, i think is really cool um as far as the other star wars series mm, i'm kind of like yeah you know some it's it's like (laughs) here for instance we before the show started we were talking about like oh yeah mandalorian i'm 50 50 on mandalorian i'm like there's some good stuff, and then there's some stuff that I'm like, this is an episode of nothing happening, you know? <laughs> but, like, a lot of Star Wars is that, right? You follow yes. follow the, the way Star Wars, in my experience, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get raked over the coals for this, I understand. My, my experience with Star Wars is very, very no, go different for it. Go for it. people. So I watched the original trilogy on VHS in the 90s. Like, I didn't have this. Like, I came to this country in 94. I probably watched them in, like, 95, 96. Uh Like, I was kind of 11 years old. Like, I I don't have the nostalgia for it. When they they hit the prequels, I wasn't – I was still not going to theaters. Like, I was kind of a a homebody. So, like, I didn't really go to movies. Um, 
I didn't care. So like, I didn't see them. I didn't see them for years. And when I did see them, I was like, this isn't as bad as people made it out to be. Cause that was like the beginning of the, the social media age. And, you know, I got to watch people on Facebook and MySpace and all these places be like, Jar Jar Banks is the devil or whatever, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, for years, you know? And I'm yeah. like, I mean, this is not, a, you know, when I finally watched it, I was like, this is not as bad as people made it out to be. I'm like, yeah, he's annoying, but like, that's also like, like that's the kid's entry point. Like you can see that that's, that's that character is for the children. So yeah. like, I don't see the problem. Like you gotta have, you gotta have, you know, that's why they're, that's why Wesley was on TNG. Like there's all this stuff has a reason, you know, when you, when you cast certain characters and you write certain characters into a, a show or a movie, all the characters have a purpose. There's a reason you bring in a character. So, I remember in high school, there was one of my um, classmates was very excited about Jar Jar Binks. And I was like, why? And I still don't get it because, we, you know, we were the same age. What what year did that first one come out? 99. Was it 99? Okay. So, yeah, we were, yeah, we were pretty much on our, we, you know, one, one foot out of high school. Um, anime, pro wrestling, X-Men cartoons, and, you know, Star Wars. And he was like, yeah, Jar Jar Binks is the best. And I'm like, okay. Then I saw the movie. I'm like, he didn't do any, I mean, he did stuff, but he, like, he didn't really, he's not important to the story. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the thing. He's not important to the story. He is really just a, he's just an access point for other characters. Like he's a, he's a plot device more than he is a character. Yeah. So he's just an access point for younger children to be like, Oh, that's fun. Right. This is a fun thing because like in reality, the prequels, a lot of the prequels is just like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Like, yep. And it's like, it's like when you bring little kids into that, cause that's the thing. They knew, you know, adults who grew up with the originals were going to be coming in and bringing their kids. You got to give the kids something to entertain them, something that's always moving around, something that's always making noise. So because the kids don't care about blockades and taxes and all this other crap they talk about. <laughs> I'm 40 years old. I don't care about that stuff. Trade like, federations. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> and that's interesting you say that because in um, Clone Wars, was it Clone Wars? Yeah. Jar Jar is more a part of the story. Right. Because Clone Wars is meant, like Clone Wars was a show for the kids. <laughs> yeah, but also Clone Wars did a good job in making sure that those characters had things to do, <laughs> right, and places to go. Which well, that's the thing when you when you when you <clears throat> obviously when you have a series and, and a lot like you know a, a number of episodes to play progression with. That's why I think certain certain movies should have been shows. And certain, yeah, yes. Certain shows really, really, really should have been movies. Like there's, I've seen shows. Like, you know, in the MCU, since they've made a bunch of stuff, like, I really don't, like, I don't think they gave Inhumans the just, like, the just approach, because Inhumans is, like, a deep, Inhumans should have been MCU Game of Thrones. Like, you have this royal family, there's a lot of infighting, there's bickering, there's scheming, and it's like, you, they, they ruined the premise in the first two episodes. Yeah. They took everything that was about those characters that made them, those characters took them away and then uh-huh. was like, we're going to put them back together. But it's like, well, you took the interesting parts away. Um, right. and, and okay. Like, it makes don't, sense. Don't, you you want to uh, ground the characters, but at the same time, like ground them in an interesting way, not a way that makes yeah. the characters useless. Yeah. Well, especially since they're characters that most people especially the general audience doesn't know 
and you're putting this on primetime television, yeah. you have to, you got to give the people a reason to want to, these characters to succeed. Yes. And it's like, oh, just telling them, oh, if this guy talks, he's going to blow some stuff up. You got to you got to show that this dude is a worthy leader, that he's a strong uh, partner, right? That he he's all these things that we know him to be. So then when you let's say in season two or in the back half of season one, you strip him down and you take him away from the royal family and away from his resources, you want him to succeed as a viewer. But, yeah. as you know, it, it, it'd be like uh, like opening the next generation with like everybody in the in their best mode everybody's in their best gear and then it's like we drop them on a planet like that in voyager they did that right yeah, they did they, that the, but, they, the but that was only one episode is the season one opener right <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> we, we didn't drop them on a planet out in the delta quadrant and then be like this is the this is the show. This is like, the show no, for twenty two episodes on one yeah, on one planet. That's not how you do it. You can't do it that yeah. way. You got to give us. You got to build up the the connections of the characters and then tear them down and dissect them. And you know that's why you know we like the Doctor so many you know years later and even to this day he's a fan favorite. Yes, because you built him up as a character as an individual and then you started dissecting him oh he's acting weird in this episode why does like what's going on right you care mm-hmm. whereas like if it was the second episode and he's suddenly quoting shakespeare you're like the fuck's up this hologram like, you know what <laughs> now, now i'm thinking about it what you described <clears throat> what they did to the inhumans is very similar to what they did with captain marvel they took this interesting Ooh. character she she's a fan favorite in the comics. They took everything interesting about her away. And then it was like, okay, now let's start the movie. And it's like, we're going to tell you her origin story backwards. And then we're going to cram a whole bunch of stuff in. That's interesting about the universe, but we won't tell you this in an interesting way. And it, it just, it jumbled and confused the audience to where they couldn't care about the character. Um, and I think if uh, Captain Marvel the, in the first one too, which I, I know it did, it did, it made a lot of money. It was a great, um, it was, it, it did pretty good at the box office. But the the fan response afterwards was very mixed, and I think Carol could have been more regarded as a as a standout character if they gave her like just a straight up story, you know, instead of instead of like taking her powers away and taking away her memories and, um, and then slowly giving them back to her. And the, the crazy thing is I know what the story is supposed to be. So the story is supposed to be about, be about um, self-empowerment. Right. I think there's a better way to tell that story. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I, here's the thing. I like that movie. I actually really still like <clears throat> that movie, but you're right. There, there's absolutely a better way to tell that story. Like, they they took like imagine if if we met Steve Rogers as the dude in that boxing place yeah. and he's just working out and you know he's he's just sparring somebody knocks him out and then he gets a flashback of like going to the recruitment center right it's an entirely different movie like why yes. are you there <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a strange way to tell that story and. <sighs> It's like to it to me it tells me you're trying to tell too much story 
at once. And, and I guess yeah. that's, that's kind of like the, one of the downsides of the MCU formula is like, okay, we got to get from here to here somehow. And we got to cram in, you know, decades worth of uh, backstory into like, you know, 200 minutes, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And that's the thing. It's, it's the pro- That's exactly the problem because they, they try to, they try to minimize these stories that, that's why when they announced Thunderbolts, and I'm a huge Thunderbolts fan. I have the entire run down here. The only thing I'm missing is Volume 3, which was like the Red Hulk and all that nonsense. But like mm-hmm. I have all the other Thunderbolts books right behind me. Like I'm a, I am a massive Thunderbolts fan. When they said Thunderbolts, I literally said, but why? Who, who's going to be on it? We don't have the little like one-off villains right. from decades of stories that can like pretend to be good guys when like the main team is missing. And yeah. like, we have the situation now with a lot of the main team is gone. So like for like, they could have just, they, they should have just launched a show where it's just like the new superhero team, but all their identities are secrets and all this stuff, or even just have them show up in the background of other things, yeah. like lay this groundwork so that when we see the movie, you're like, yeah, oh yeah, they, they were talking about like there was a super team, you know, the Thunderbolts or whatever. Like, so by the time you get to it, you're like, who are these people? Not like what they did is just give us a bunch of super soldiers and ghosts. Right. And like, yeah, that's. Man, it, I guess it kind of shows. This is a shield movie. Like, <laughs> honestly. But it, it, it also shows. It makes me wonder, like, what was the actual plan for. Um, Phase four, because I know they were like, oh, well, we're wrapping up everything from, you know, we're wrapping up all of the loose ends from phase three, which you really didn't need to. Um, you there, there was the opportunity. I, mean, I wanted a Black Widow movie, but I didn't want it to be. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, there's another widow. Right. Yeah. Because that's all right. that movie was. Is, by the way, she had a sister and she's a good guy. <laughs> kind of. You should pay attention. You know, I forgot that movie came out. <laughs> I watched it, and um, like, and that's the thing. Again, I liked the movie. I yeah. enjoyed the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would have enjoyed it enormously more in Phase Two. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. yeah, that would have made because, uh, like um, you said, they were trying to close up all the loose ends from Phase One when they didn't necessarily have to. They could have used the loose ends to open up to say Phase Two. Yeah, right. that's how you write stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't like for for I didn't feel like they left any loose ends for Black Widow. So mm-hmm. what you could have done is if you were like, all right, we Black Widow is going to be Phase Four. It's going to be after Endgame. All right, knowing that she's going to be dead, you got to give me a better framing device than oh yeah, this movie happened before Endgame, right? Before Infinity War. You right. can't just tell. I mean, like it, it, it's fine. again, it worked fine, but like it's 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 a hand wave, you know. Like it's right. it's just a yeah. This happened before. Don't ask questions. <laughs> and it's like everyone, most of the other characters, uh, except for all oh, three of the the main Avengers, Avengers didn't get movies. Though the Hulk technically had movies, but it wasn't in MCU. But yes, it is. She it is. <laughs> It, the yep, ones the second from movie the in the MCU. Yeah, the um the Incredible uh, Hulk with uh the Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. Edward Norton. Okay. But oh, okay. we don't So it's just that actor. Yeah, People that's it. Yeah, they just recast him. <laughs> yeah. But like it there's a I always see like they do this weird 
things to try to make movies for female superheroes because it's usually not well taken. It's like, oh, Mary Sue. I felt like the whole movie was, we're trying to explain that she's not really a Mary Sue. But we're she's like the... <laughs> oh, which one? Are you saying Black Widow or Widow. Captain Marvel? Well, most of them. Both of them. Very much so. Which... And I feel like Captain Marvel, they, they told her backstory the way you would have told a villain. <laughs> because usually the villain is already established and then okay. later we find out why they're a villain. Okay. But that's more common. It's more common to care to follow the, the hero through their empowerment than to backtrack. You always backtrack the villain because they're the ones given the conflict at the end where you that know is... how strong they are. You know what you're uh, I mean, there's, that's, there's that's, that's, that. Yeah. I think you're right about because Hmm. <clears throat> And thinking of cap of the Marvels, it kind of puts <laughs> it kind of puts it in a certain perspective when you look at it like that. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that. Yeah. A week. I have. I haven't have? seen the Marvels at all. I I seen <clears throat> Captain Marvel and I love Miss Marvel. I, I loved her story. Um, yeah. Miss Mar- Miss Marvel hit me in in parts of my soul that I didn't even know needed tending. Uh, I, I, so I'm, I'm from Bosnia. I was raised Muslim. I'm not religious in any fashion, but like, I'm, so I, I, look, I, I said, I, I'm like Muslim adjacent at best. Like, uh-huh. like I, I know a couple prayers that grandma taught me. Like I've never been to a mosque, you know, that kind of thing. Like, like, but what, like if I do feel the mood, like if I move, if I move to prayer, that's how I pray. Cause that's just the only way I know how to. And I've never cared. It's not like I've I've never watched a movie where it's like, oh, the Muslims are terrorists, and been like, what the fuck, right? It's never it's never been a conscious thing for me. But watching Ms. Marvel and just watching Muslim families just be, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing! Like I didn't even know that I needed this in my spirit, but I needed it. Like just watching. Be, like characters just get to be Muslim, and we're not we're not trying to like convince people they're not terrorists. We're not trying to like show why they are terrorists. It's just they're just being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah. And like for me, with her being Muslim, it's like I'm Muslim, sixteen year old girl, sixteen year old melanated girl with a culture somewhat different from the rest of the people around me, which I relate to because I just didn't fit in as a kid so no matter how it was she didn't fit in or like her being geeky and it not fit in with the other kids at the school and stuff like there was so many relatable things about her and her mom I was having flashbacks (laughs) (laughs) I had I had I had the like the drive to like walk up to like every every time I passed by someone who was older than me and female. I wanted to call them auntie so bad. <laughs> like, I wanted to call everyone auntie. <laughs> I thought, um, so, um, Kamala is Pakistani, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought like when they revisit the partition, um, and actually show it, I thought that was, like a really great inclusion of like real world history because so often 
in a lot of these, whether it's sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, we kind of like glaze over real life stuff. And it's like, no, these right. characters are fine. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. And it's like, no, it matters. It really matters. Right. And um, the fact that her family was directly uh, impacted and it has a lot to do with her origin story. I'm like, that is that's good writing right there. Um, that's really good writing. Yeah. And, and then as far as like the modern day stuff, like you said, like Muslims being Muslims are uh, the different conversations that are happening internally as far as like um, how to behave, how to um, um, how to like um, observe traditions and stuff like that. I'm like, you right. know what? This is, I, I felt, I felt like this is a really, those were some really important parts to add because most movies do take a shorthand and then ha- then kind of glaze over those type of details. But um, uh, Kamala and her family became like more three-dimensional characters because of the way it was being handled in the, um, in the TV series. Now, I haven't seen Marvels yet. From my understanding, it's a lot of fun. I do want to see it. But I've heard, you know, I, I didn't avoid uh, spoilers, certain plot point spoilers. And I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. weeks before it came out. I saw the <laughs> screenshot two oh, weeks you did? before it came out. I was so mad. I was so mad. <laughs> I wasn't. Look, I kind of figured if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, I kind of figured something like that would be would happen. Um, the. um the reveal about Maria Rambeau, I was really thrown off. I was like, really? That's interesting. I wonder how that's going to work out. Uh, along with that, like, man, Lashana Lynch is a dope actress. And if she can, if she can stay in this, in the, if she can stay in the MCU for a little bit longer, hey, I'm all yeah. for it. <laughs> Look, she did a great job in, in <clears throat> both the films that I've seen her in so far. So, like, down <laughs> yeah yeah um cool uh let's wrap up the mcu talk with loki loki <laughs> i finally saw the first episode of the new season oh you haven't oh my god i just watched oh. the first episode okay i because you know because tw- twitter is twitter i've seen like the <clears throat> last scene okay. thing and okay. like i know what happens but like I don't know how it gets there, thankfully, and uh, I'm still excited <laughs> to watch it. Okay. Well, I, I finished it, and um, Sunny and I are we are rewatching it because I don't think she finished um, season one with me, so we just started season two again. And um, and I, I, I Mel brought this up before we started recording, so I wanted to get kind of your overall uh, view of it as spoiler free as possible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, okay, well, I would start with my favorite thing, this was the character designs and the the way they were portrayed. Like, even though I watched the first season a while ago and it took me a little while to remember like the, yeah. the relationship between the characters, they did a lot to build up where the characters were going in their relationships. It wasn't like, oh, that's my friend. And that just stayed there, or uh, we agree on things, and it never just stays there. There was ups and downs in the reactions to everybody with what was going on. Um, introducing the new character, I, I adored him. He was- 
Oh yeah. I, I, I think I relate to him a little bit. Like uh, my my childhood was looked a little like that, like his life. Um, <laughs> um, not to mention having something else in common with him. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil that. But yeah, I found that new character very relatable. I um, the the philosophy that was brought up in the storyline was portrayed without throwing it in your face. It was kind of thrown in your face because it, it is huge, but it was it was the plot. The philosophy that they had to look at was the plot, and it just made things so smooth. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you, um, because season one ended with this, basically, I mean... Season one ends. It's a wild cliffhanger, (laughs) but it pretends that it's asking you which is better, order or chaos. And then the story proceeds and it tells you really that's not what your choices are. And and so the audience is like, you know, until the until season two starts, they're like, who you who you um, whose side are you on? Are you on Loki's side? Are you on Sylvie's side? You know, um, they try to portray. Sylvie as okay she wants freedom she wants uh autonomy she wants freedom of choice and so she's going to remove herself from the control of he who remains and Loki's like no we need to protect order and it turns out like it doesn't matter which you pick someone else is always in control and so he comes back around to that decision again uh, and then I'm gonna stop right there. <laughs> I know, I know, you know what happens, but it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so there, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I want to say I, I, the <clears throat> couple. I, I always like when I'm surprised by like casting. I will say that uh, while I did know uh, Ouroboros in that casting, which I love, I absolutely love him. Um, he's such a he's such a great dude. Like going oh, all yeah. the way back to the Goonies, like. I never watched like Indiana Jones, so I didn't know him for nothing. But like, I knew him from the Goonies, and he was amazing. Yeah, like he's one of my favorite characters from that movie. And um, so him, his casting and the way he like he kills it. It's such a deadpan delivery in that first episode. Like, yes, so like, yes, I actually do have one of those. Like, I love just he killed it. He killed it. Absolutely love it. And then we go into that. It, we go into the like interrogation room. And motherfucking Raphael Casal walks in, and I was like, "Raph, <laughs> yeah." Because I, so I, I, uh, I'm, I'm from Chicago, so like, I don't, I'm, I'm not like up on the the West Coast uh, hip hop scene as much as 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 people from the area. But like, for, because of Hamilton, uh, I like dug into Davi Diggs' backstory and his his rap, which is incredible, by the way. Um, and Rafael Casal is his, like his rap partner. And I was like, oh shit, I did not know <laughs> that he was in this show. And I was like, this, holy crap. I was just like, this is like a complete different level of enjoyment for me now. <laughs> yeah, the soundtrack for him is so good. I love it. I love it. I, I will, there was, uh, the, the year, so the year that it dropped on Netflix, uh, I watched it and listened to it so many times that at the, uh, the year end, like, Spotify or YouTube uh, music or whatever it was, <laughs> like recap was just like Hamilton. I was like, yeah, yeah that tracks. That for sure tracks. 
Like, man, you really listen to Hamilton a lot this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and it's funny because I also listen to the mixtape, and the mixtape is so really good. Like, uh, the Immigrant song is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The, the, oh, my God, the, the, and I had not known that the reference, because I finally saw uh, the other play, the movie based on the other play that he that he made, which I can't think of the name for some reason right now, uh, that uh, Anthony Ramos was in it. Um, but he makes a reference to that play in his verse oh. on the where he talks about Abuela with the lottery ticket. I was like, when I finally <laughs> saw the movie, I was like, oh my god, that's what he was talking about. That's what he <laughs> and that was my like yeah. favorite part of Hamilton was it was like it was written like a really good stand up where there's like a lot of great callbacks. Because like every time they they hit the notes from the beginning and they hit you know different phrases from the from the rest of the show, it always like wrapped it up really really nicely for me throughout the entire show. Is it, it, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. But like yeah, when I saw when I saw uh, Rob Cassell and Loki, I was like, oh, this is fantastic! I'm so excited because <laughs> um, uh, the movie that they did together, Blind Spotting, which they eventually made a show of, um, great movie, great movie. <laughs> Awesome. I need. I, I've. Um. I haven't seen that movie, but I've seen it around, so I'm gonna have to check it out. <clears throat> so, um, Loki season two, and I think Marvel's. So right now we're at the end of Marvel content for 2023. Um, Deadpool three is gonna Deadpool's be not done yet. Yeah, still it's not done yet, right. and it's the only MCU film for 2024. Um, of course, yeah, uh, we're gonna have shit. Well, no, 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 Echo, Echo's dropping. That's is that I thought that was dropping this year. Oh, wait, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, you're right, I'm tripping. Yes, Echo's yeah, yeah. coming Echo, out, Echo's, and Echo's gonna be left, and so is uh, what if, which I'm excited about. I'm more uh, excited about what if the thing about Echo, yeah, but like nine episodes over nine days, they're just yeah. shotgunning this season, which is yeah. kind of weird but awesome. <laughs> I hope that they're good. I thought I liked. What if season one? Um, the one I thing liked it, about but it was it, also like you, you, you're, you're, you're not selling me on that. This is the same multiverse, right? right. No, exactly. Because- and and that's the thing about it. It seems like I like how they were like, okay, here's here's what if this character did this. Here's what if this character did that. Right. Okay, let's all mix them together, and everything everything's the same. And I'm like, okay, I get you. I get what you're trying to do. Like they're basically they're trying to do Avengers, but like condense. They don't have to do right. that. They can just tell the individuals. No. It could just be an anthology series, you know. Yeah, and that's 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 the thing that I think that um, I think that's why I like short treks on Star Trek. Uh, that's why out of Star Wars, literally the only thing I am still like genuinely interested in watching is is uh, what is it uh, Visions. Like, oh, wow. it's just yeah. like taking the taking the elements of Star Wars and like making interesting stuff. Like, I I'm a big fan of a good anthology series. Yeah, like I liked all of Black Mirror, and then was it season two or three or whatever when it's like the last episode and it's like you see all the little bits and pieces that were from the, to the other shows. ones. Yeah, it was like, is it all in the same universe? But it's like it doesn't matter. It doesn't, None of yeah, it, it doesn't need to be either. Universe. Yeah. Right, but even if it like it's like it could be the same multiverse, but like just let me have the episode, and it could just be the zombie episode or the the like Mad Max episode from the trailer that looks so awesome. Yeah, (laughs) 
Yeah. <clears throat> so um, with with those series, you know, the ones that have yet to be released, uh, what are some of the uh, what are the other things that you're looking forward to uh, from Marvel um, and then from Star Wars? And then we can kind of branch off into some other stuff. I haven't kept up with what's coming out. Uh, so I'm actually just backtracking. Like I haven't actually been <laughs> watching stuff. Like, like I said, I just finished two se- two yeah, two seasons yesterday. And um the last episode of Ahsoka, um, which like I re um subscribed to Disney Plus because I wanted to see Ahsoka. She's my favorite character in um Clone Wars. And not to mention the character, the actress playing her, I love her. But um, I was a little disappointed. Okay, I was about to ask you what you thought of it. I tried to watch Ahsoka, and it didn't hook me. Right. She doesn't seem like she seems like a version of a older Ahsoka, but she's not. I don't know. She's not what I expected Ahsoka to be. Hmm. Like she's too. Stelic. Okay. Yeah, I because she was she was kind of a hothead, but at the same time she was really um, intelligent and contemplative about what she does. And they took out the hothead stuff and left out all the energy that she had. Like she doesn't have, have any fuel for it. Like she's still an awesome fighter, but uh, I guess because she's supposed to be fifty now that she's more. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Kind of. And now it, in her protege, Hal has all the characteristics that she would have had, hmm. which was not what I was looking for. I was looking for her to grow from that. And she does. Like, she's still like, I'm not a Jedi. I don't agree with the way the Jedi has been doing things. She does act and, and proceed like a great Jedi, but she's missing the personality of little Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything from Star Trek that you might be looking forward to? Um, I need to finish Discovery because I didn't know another season came out. Uh, I need to finish um, Prodigy because I was trying to watch it with Engineering and he just got so excited. Oh, cool. Uh, Most of the Engineering is my son, by the way. Um, That's what I call him when I'm online. So I don't, you know, turn my child out. I'm in public. but, um, there were some parts of the story that were like really understandably exciting. Yeah, I was excited too. But he just starts running back and forth through the house, and I'm like, <laughs> you're supposed to sit. In, you're missing the story because you're running. Like I might have to just watch it without him because I can't keep waiting. <laughs> but then to sit down and watch it with me. And uh, maybe I need to not do that. Maybe I need to watch it before I, I watch it with him because I want to finish it. I, I was really getting into it. Okay. Uh, Sunday, Dalibor, either of you got some things that you're uh, excited about? My phone died. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> what I'll do is, I'm going to throw this out there. What I'm excited about, um, one, I'm excited to see if MCU makes some adjustments because, uh, just all of the different things that are happening. I don't think phase four and phase five are terribly successful. I think there's a lot that they're trying to do and it's not landing very well. I think they'll eventually get there, but, um, but you know, we'll see how that happens. But I will say 
this is what I'm excited about. Avatar The Last Airbender, live action series on Netflix coming. Um, I saw the, I saw the, uh, the trailers and the teasers and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, this, this might actually work out. Now, I don't know how well they're going to tell the story, but, um, but so far they, they got the visuals, uh, looking pretty good. So, so there's that. I just remembered, um, I was watching, um, was it retro nerd girl yesterday? Uh, she was talking about there's talks about a Fantastic Four movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and they're they're and, actually um, confirming Lando was supposed- they're they're confirming cast castings now. Uh, uh, if, yeah. If the, if the internet's not lying, then Anna Taylor Joy has been confirmed as Silver uh, Surfer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. You you did bring that up. We should talk about some of that. <laughs> I I don't care if she's female it, okay nora rad all right cool it's the same story she leaves behind a dude we're, we're just switching the story up a little bit making it a little bit different she's now she so we're gonna have instead of having uh jessica alba my my deep longtime love uh <laughs> jessica alba uh be one invisible woman and be the sex symbol the naked alien will be <laughs> Like the naked silver alien will be the sex symbol, and we'll have like a like regular, not regular clothing, but like not skin tight, like lycra bodysuit, like an invisible woman. Yeah, <laughs> like she'll be wearing like a normal practical suit. Yeah, um, and and it it won't be like her purpose won't be to be the sexy one on the team. So yeah. that that's I think the like logistical reason because I don't, I can't gen- I mean. I feel like I have a pretty good imagination. I can't think of a story reason why you'd change the character like that. Um, unless it's not, unless you're not flipping the character of Norrin Red and you're making, I don't know, Frankie Ray is Silver Surfer. You know, From you're taking I- a female Herald, but just making them one of the other heralds that could be an interesting take so from from some of the rumors and i will admit some of these youtubers uh they're going off of you know leakers and you know these different sources and it's 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 always 50 50 whether it's real or not (laughs) but one of the rumors that i heard is the the silver surfer the whole fantastic four all of them they're going to be from a completely different universe and they will make them they'll make their way into the mcu and then when they get into the mcu they will end up dealing with a different galactus and a different silver surfer and on one hand i'm like okay cool you better tell a good story to make that happen but also you know what there are plenty of heralds of of galactus you don't have to tell you don't have to tell the silver surfer story Every single time, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, there are different, you can, you can, you can go different directions with that. Now, like the Frankie Ray story is a very interesting story. And also I think it's absolutely obscene to go Galactus first time out. Right. Yes. Wild, wild choice. Like, oh, let's pick, let's pick the literal biggest villain they've ever had. Right. The first villain. No, that's too much. Yeah. Galactus is a beyond Thanos level villain. Unless they tie him into the Celestials. That's the only thing I can think of is they're going to tie him into the Celestials. 
and like we already have some action with them so like we have a point of reference which is why like they'll be able to sell the the like large dude in the sky kind of thing yeah and, you know what the the, the supposed um talks for the casting of um um what's his name sue's husband reed richards <laughs> yeah reed richards um is the guy who plays mandalorian Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, like from the video that I watched yesterday, the opinion was that he's like too old to kind of play him. That there could be like some makeup changes, and I'm like, but what if they're trying to tell the story in a different time period? Well, not time period, but like later when he's older. Yeah, I mean that would explain building up to. It doesn't excuse it, but it might explain why they're already at like the biggest villain. Hmm. Which doesn't make any sense. I can see that, but like. Maybe if it's one of those situations where it's like they're gonna use them, excuse me, they're gonna use them as like, oh, they're from another reality. They're gonna bring it, bring them over. They're like already adults and grown up, and they've had their like whole whole careers as the Fantastic Four. And then it's like Secret Wars, and then like reboot, and they combine those realities, and now we get fresh young Fantastic Four, fresh young Tony Stark. (laughs) Like that, I mm. guess. But again, that just seems to be like you're doing too much. Like it's to me, especially now that we have like a lot of point of reference as, as viewers for time travel in the MCU, specifically yeah. like people from different eras going into different eras. Like easily, you could sell me on they were in the '60s, part of the space program. They launched early for whatever reason and disappeared. Yep. What happened? <clears throat> Who, knows? Who knows? They wrote it off the books. No one ever talked about it again. Shield locked those files up. Shield's gone now. Someone finds the files. They're like, "Who's these characters?" And mm. figures out, oh, what actually happened is they fell into the quantum realm. Pushes a button. Boom! Fantastic Four in the present day. Like, <laughs> yeah, I I like the idea of that happening, but also make reference to the negative zone, the negative universe. Yeah, um, and it could be the negative zone or, because, or like wherever. Like, there's many places for them to fall into. Because, like, if if they go there, there's a lot of holes in the MCU. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's fallen a random hole. He's gone for sixty years. I mean, Hulk fell into one. He was gone for five years. So that yeah, <clears throat> right. Um, but along with that, like, yeah, there's so many different ways to tell the story and to like expand the universe, but also in. In, uh, introduce the different villains and the stories that could lead up to Secret Wars or to come out of Secret Wars. Like, Annihilation, um, I thought that would have been a great story to tell after... That's, a, that's such a huge story. Yeah, that, that I thought that's... But that, to me, that, <clears throat> like, you could do it, because I love that story, mm-hmm. but that's, like, where like, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy team that we have in the movies now is started in annihilation you could yeah, like yeah. you could like be, you could like deconstruct the guardians and like rebuild them through annihilation yeah man that do not even think about that as a potential but like i think I, I genuinely think it's too big of a story unless they committed and they were like all the shows will make right like we're gonna make a show about Drax and him dealing with it and we're going to make a show about like all these other aspects of the cosmic MCU dealing with the wave because like the Annihilation yeah. wave is a beyond Galactus level threat. I mean they yeah. ate Galactus at one point. <laughs> yeah but think about it like this so 
the annihilation wave is basically all of these aliens like for the most part they're fodder right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the like the, it's the Chitari problem. It's yeah. the like wave of <laughs> yeah, and that really could have been something that could have been present in so many different shows. It could have been the common thread that brings whatever the new iteration of the Avengers together, and then like and then after that, you start introducing the problem of Kang. Uh, you know, all these other different problems is. I mean, there's so many different directions you could have gone. I, I, I do recognize that, <clears throat> excuse me, I do recognize that where the MCU is now, it is because of the contracts, commitments, and path that they set themselves on, you know, over a decade ago. And so maybe, maybe what the strategy is, is like, let's tell these big stories, but let's get it over with so we can reboot it and tell all of the stories with the characters right. Um, the still the challenge is going to be Spider Man being in the hands of Sony, but I think Sony likes their arrangement. You know, it's like, hey, you want to make a Spider Man movie? You make it. <laughs> you can do. <laughs> you can have them yeah, to do whatever. Do. Keep, keep boosting R I P. Yeah, <laughs> keep boosting R I P, and then we'll keep just throwing out these random movies. Oh my God! Yeah. Look, look what, what, I'm into it. What I'm was that? Uh, I Madame was kind of whatever. <laughs> I was kind of whatever until they showed me Aranya. They showed me Spider Woman. They showed me the other Spider Woman. I was like, sold, sold. I mean, I mean, you're gonna give me Frankie Ray on screen with yep. her big spider legs? Sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, or Maddie Franklin. What am I talking about, Frankie Maddie, Ray? <clears throat> which, all right, did. Mel, did you see that spider? Was it spider? God, Madam Web. Yeah. Uh, pr- no, uh, preview. I have not, I have not seen the previews for Spider Man. Oh my goodness! Oh, it's not. No, it's it's not Spider Man. It's not Spider Man. It's, it's Madam Web. Madam Web. Prequel. She's here it's a prequel. It's Yay. prequel. Yeah, yeah, I always thought a... like I don't know enough about this character. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. She just seems. Well, yeah, people, people for like some reason character. assume that it's that it's Jessica. Uh, or I'm sorry, Julia, rather, that, that it's Julia, Madam Web. And I was like, why mm. would it be Julia? Like, why would they skip, like, all of the everything to get to Julia as Madam Web? Because that's who's Madam Web now. Like, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Cassandra. It's Cassandra Web. She's the one that's actually the main character. And it, I, I didn't catch it until someone pointed it out. And then I was like, all the cars were old, like that I saw in the trailer. Yeah. Like they were all old cars. It's like early two thousands when this takes place, right? Uh, Something I think like it's that. Actually, like nineties. Oh, nineties. Because someone, someone yeah. said, this "Oh, could wait, be yeah, the yeah. Prequel for the for the Amazing Spider-Man universe. Yeah, it's um, supposed to be. Yeah, so but whatever, whatever it is, is they're supposed to save Mary Parker from being killed. Uh, she's basically the uh, Sarah Connor. Of the of the show, of there's the movie. a baby. There's yeah. a baby in that scene, and, yeah. and, and there's a there's. If you look at the scene, there's a shot in the trailer where somebody's holding up a baby. You can't tell if it's the main character or if it's somebody else. Um, but Mary Parker is cast in it, so like yeah. the Parker the parents are in the movie. And then there is a like this baby's being held up in a clearly a, a car that's that's going underwater, and then like in the in the the foreground. You uh-huh. can kind of see the spider suit. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can kind of. Uh, somebody pointed it out, and I was like, I was so focused on the baby, I didn't even catch it because it's like 
this like peripheral vision thing. Like it's a little blurred out, but I like I like sat back in my chair and I was like, oh that that really does look like the spider suit. Damn. Hmm. Right. It's like it's red, it's got like black, like raised pieces, and it like, looks like webbing, and I was like, oh, that could be it. All right, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that because, and, and of course, you know, I I don't mind plugging these other creators' uh, screen. Um, oh God, Screen Rant, uh, Heavy Spoilers, um, New Rockstars. You know, they always go through and they break down all of the all of the details. Yeah, so I'm gonna yeah. have to I'm gonna have to go back through their breakdowns to see if any of them caught it too. Oh man. This was a lot of fun. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, here's the thing for me: like, I'm 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 excited about all of it because I'm I'm like I'm a Marvel dude forever. Like, I'm an X Men guy all the all the time. Like, yes. I'm, I'm X Men till I die. So like, they could literally do anything for X Men. I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> well, here's the thing: <laughs> they have done just about everything, anything with the X Men. Uh, my and and here's I'm not going to crap all over the old films they did some cool stuff they did some cool stuff the thing is that there are more stories to tell um except wolverine origins that movie yeah they, they, yeah they and yeah they already did they already did that so they don't need they don't need to do it anymore um <laughs> but um yeah we've gotten two dark phoenix stories can we just tell any of the other 80 years of stuff. I know. Right. Like, and, like, yeah. Venus wasn't even that big in the... Like, I, well, I remember the cartoon, and I, I wasn't allowed to read comics when I was a kid. But, um, yeah. She was kind of a blip in all that other stuff that went on. And there's so much that they could tell about, like, the the relatability of different cultures. Like, there was, there was a whole part of the series where they just were all over the world. And yep. I thought that was really cool because I love anthropology and like they y'all did almost. I mean, with Apocalypse, <clears throat> they kind of did because it was taking place all over the world, but they, they didn't have anything to do with those cultures. Yeah, that you know what? That's a good point. The the disappointment to me in Apocalypse is they were they were showing a lot of really interesting things with these characters and it went nowhere. Um, and then Apocalypse was not hashed out as a convincing threat it was just like hey no. i got superpowers no yeah that, that was it and what a waste of psylocke um uh i'll oh. tell you my first my first thought was they're not gonna cast this white bitch as psylocke right because that's a little weird and then i found out that uh uh, what's her face is is part Asian, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm a fucking asshole." All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, but here's all right. Do you know the origin of Psylocke? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know uh, yeah, the whole yeah. thing. They fixed it. They fixed it now. It's yeah. fixed. <laughs> it's fixed, and there's so much. They're so yeah. much better. Separate. Yeah. They're so much better. Both of them. Are so much more interesting characters. Like Betsy Braddock as Captain Marvel top Betsy Braddock all time. I don't care what yeah. anyone says. Anyone disagreeing is is wrong. Uh, Quanon as Psylocke has been the best Psylocke. Like, so good. So, yeah. so, 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 so good. The only yeah. thing they need to touch back on is the Crimson Dawn. We need. I feel like there's there's a loose thread there. We need to wrap that bad boy up. That is somebody, somebody, I need, I need, 
Well, I was going to say Scott LaBelle to come back, but he's 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 too busy finishing that comic book that he owes everybody that he crowdfunded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> oh, it's uh, Olivia Munn. Yeah. I was Olivia Munn. Yeah. I didn't know she was she was part Asian. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, and and the disappointment is like when she was getting prepared for that sh- the 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 role, she was doing all this cool stuff, learning yeah, yeah. how to use a sword, and like not even a third of what she did was in the film. Nothing, yeah. nothing, yeah. nothing. Her archangel useless. Even yeah. I would say Storm in that movie was basically useless. Oh my god, that movie yeah. was At that movie I- was apocalypse versus versus uh, versus Magneto. And Xavier and Jean. Oh yeah, and Quicksilver's there. That's all yeah. that movie was. <laughs> yeah, they just focused on like the big, the, the most popular characters. Yeah, they well, they sprinkled yeah. them in there because Jubilee was in there. Uh, uh, what Quicksilver was the only one that actually did anything. Um, yeah, Quicksilver was the one that they made <laughs> popular from that movie. Yeah, right. which good for them, good for them, and good for that character. Now let's like, yeah, of all characters to make popular, Quicksilver. This jerk has been a jerk for forty years and knows he's a jerk. And they had the opportunity. Never mind. We'll we'll talk about that stuff later because if they <laughs> if they if they go if Marvel goes the him. direction if Marvel goes to the him. What he's the? I, I think I think that Ralph Boner thing. Oh, Evan Peters. Yeah, I think I think that's him. I think that's him. Well, I don't think that was you. I, I just, I cannot, in my heart of hearts, believe that people who spent eighty to one hundred and fifty million dollars to make that show for what nine episodes of Wandavision spent that much time. Plot and money on a dick joke. Yeah. Well, just can't. I just here, can't. Here, can't a, here, and this is a bunch of adults doing this. This me, isn't teenagers <clears throat> making the show. Let but, me tell uh, you about Hollywood. <laughs> like that's, that, that, if if, if uh, that is the case, if that if it turns out that that's the case, that's the actual like that was the intended goal. Whatever you know, failure comes up, they deserve it. That's, I'm actually that's ignorant. I'm actually on your side. I don't think. I think there was more. There was supposed to be much more to the character, and uh, due to the the ridiculous uh, requirements and constraints on them being able to shoot the show, they had to cut every. They had to cut so much. And all that stuff. Yeah, I I, I think. Because uh, here's the Doctor thing: Doctor Strange was supposed to be in it. Doctor Strange was supposed to be in it. Um, basically, they had all the elements for uh, House of M, and no, nothing, just nothing. There was supposed to be a giant um, fight with uh, Senior Scratchy as a giant demon rabbit. That didn't happen. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot that was you know a lot of hints in the show. Like, oh, is this going to go somewhere? It's going to go somewhere, and it's like, no, it's not going anywhere. And that's yeah, why yeah, there, there's a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of hints, a lot, a lot of hints. Yeah. And, and then, and then I still think we got a good show out of it, except for that dick joke. Uh, but, but then for goddamn Sam Raimi to come in, I'd be like, I'm going to be the one making this follow up to this show. Uh, but I'm not going to watch the show. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. What? Like my mother-in-law yeah. just watched them recently and she flat out told me she's like if you hadn't told me 
to watch WandaVision first, I would have had a lot of questions as to why Wanda was acting the way she was acting. I was like, yes. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, all right. So <clears throat> I want to say uh, thank you very much, Dalibor, for joining us. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We're going to have to have to we're going to have to do this again. Um and my objective is with the side missions, we'll do them just kind of like whenever. And um, it's kind of the, the objective is like we just want to have fun, um, nerd out about things and maybe um, share some projects that we're working on. Um, Mel, she's an author. She's a sci fi author. And so she has some things that she's working on. Can you go ahead and share that? I am working on my first sci-fi novel. I have a young adult series about a sci-fi fan um, <laughs> called Theory of Rebellion. Um, I I have not gotten to work on my new book lately because I am currently fighting the cold. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of year when stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, um, I've been making videos on TikTok called Galactic Tea where I build a tea on different sci-fi characters and I travel around in my interdimensional spaceship which is why I can pull information from all these different dimensions and times in order to to share information about characters uh, we've been coming up with our own personas for yeah. uh, the voices of hyperspace my persona is already Mel Asylum captain of the Starship Rebellion <laughs> my captain's jacket yeah. uh, nice Nice. Yeah, I'm still hashing mine out. And um, yeah, Mel and I, we're going to be sharing some different ideas. Hopefully we, we I, I think I have I think I know where I'm going to land on this thing. So we'll, we'll talk about that off off the air. We mentioned um, Cisco <clears throat> earlier and I was just uh, I just recorded a video about Jake Cisco for a uh, national author. Uh, no, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, was it novel writing month? That's yes. Like- because <laughs> he's an author. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yep. Have you uh, have you read? Uh, do you even know that there is a new comic book series that follows Benjamin Cisco after his return? Yes, I knew about it. I haven't read it. Yeah, it's they've, <gasps> they've spun off like two other series from it, but it's uh, it's I'm calling it. I don't know what they. I don't know if they have a designation for it. But I'm calling it the the Theseus timeline because uh, that's the ship they get. He comes he comes back and pulls together this like ragtag team from all, essentially from all the shows. Like oh. Data's on his team, Crusher's on his team, um, and he brings them onto the ship, the Theseus. And then there's also a spinoff called Defiant, and then there's on which features uh, Worf, of course. Uh, and then uh, there's another spinoff. I forget what it's called. But yeah, that's it's it's like growing into its own little sub pocket, uh, like arc of of uh, stories. What, what's up with sci-fi writers liking the, the ship of Theseus? <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 like it's um it's like an easy it's like an easy reference, right? It's an yeah. easy reference. You learned about it. if you took any like any kind of uh, like art history, if you took any kind of like even world history in some cases, depending mm-hmm. on the kind of teacher you had. 
it gets brought up and anybody yeah. who's ever taken a philosophy class of course it gets brought up so yeah. it's like everyone it's like an easy reference it's like an easy reference it, yeah it'd be, it'd be like saying asimov's laws you know of robotics. Uh, yeah mm-hmm. everyone knows what those are like everyone's kind of heard it in passing at some point yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i guess they want to like use things that are familiar so that you remember what it is yep yep uh, well, if data is going to be involved, they always have to bring up some of those uh, philosophical points, which are always fun. Yep. You are, you're all right. It's fun. Um, Dalibor, do you have any fun projects that you're working on or just tell uh, tell everybody like what you got going on and how to find you? For sure. I uh, appreciate you for having me on. This is fantastic. It's been a, it's been a, a, a blast uh, covering all this stuff. Uh, I am also an author. I, uh, I'm in my final rounds of edits for my first novella, which takes nice. place in uh, my... I'm renaming it, but it's the universe based on a comic book series that I've been developing for a long time called Wolfpack. Uh, so for now, it's called the Wolfpack Universe, but I have like some ideas about what to call it. Uh, but the first book is called the uh the price of freedom um and it's it's somewhat prequel somewhat sequel uh to the comic and it's it's meant to kind of establish the world and uh, and then it's very much sci-fi spy thriller kind of joint well uh, congratulations right. on that that's that's Thank exciting you. yeah we don't we're gonna <laughs> definitely have to keep on keep an eye on that but yeah, I'm 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 the indie hype man on everywhere, Twitter, uh, YouTube, on TikTok, of course, at the indie uh, at indie hype man, uh, I N D I E. I know some people like to spell it with a Y. Uh, uh, but yeah, I uh, my my main my main thing is that I like to share uh, indie creators. I have an indie creator magazine that I put out quarterly, uh, which is the Catalyst Digital. Uh, you can check that out. It's completely free for everyone involved, except for me and my time. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. But, Understood. But uh, it's I'm I'm actually getting a couple more people involved in it, and we might be going by monthly next year because there's a lot of really cool indie creators, and uh, not not enough time to like catch everyone when their campaigns run. If I only do quarterly, so there's a lot of campaigns, a lot of crowdfunding going on that I want to want to let people know about. Nice. So. For me personally, I have a ton of projects that I'm always doing, but the ones that the one that would be the most appropriate to share, of course, is uh, Voices in Hyperspace on our TikTok. Uh, in our YouTube, we will be planning a live stream here pretty soon. Um, so keep your ears open for that. Also, I am dipping my toes into writing. Um, I have not been trained, but I got some ideas in my head that are finally making their way out. So once I get to a good place that is, um, you know, making something happen, I'll, I'll share a lot more details on that. I don't know. It's rubbing off. You guys are, you guys are, um, <laughs> influencing me, but I think honestly though, I think this is what needs to happen. I mean, you got creators who are trying to create like this quick consumable content and there has to be some time to like really cook some 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 ideas and so we we gotta go back to writing so so i'm you know i'm in that i'm in that boat i'm not saying that i am good at it but right now i'm enjoying uh the process (laughs) if you if you want if you want a deadline which is how i it's just how i finished my novella that's part of why i started the magazine is uh i needed to give myself um a deadline like i needed a reason to like make sure i actually got some writing done 
Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I need content for this magazine, right? Because I'm not necessarily always going to catch someone. Someone's not going to get back to me on time. Okay. So, like, if I'm going to put this out at a certain time frame, I'm going to write. So I wrote my novella through the magazine. So, like, you, anyone can read my, my novella for free, the, like, alpha, like, pre-alpha version of it through the magazine, like, before all the editing was done. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's kind of cool because it's, like, you could just say, this is, like, this is my first draft idea. And I, you put it out, and it, it's just cool to like have something like have a deadline to to hold yourself to. It's like as arbitrary as it gets because I always say like I always have a little little tag on the cover that's like regarding how late it is because I always say <laughs> that it's going to come out on the first you know on the, of the quarter, but it's like you know life happens, so it's a week late or a month late in some cases. Or as uh, at the end of last year, I put it out on December thirty first, the literal last day of the quarter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. It is, it is still this quarter technically, but yeah. it's released. <laughs> but it's like I always have a little tagline because it's like. Even though it's 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 a deadline, like it's a free magazine that I'm doing in my spare time, um, like it's going to come out when it's going to come out. And, <laughs> but yeah. it's like at the same time, it is something to think about. Like, oh, I do, I do need to write that next chapter, and I, I'm writing another story in there now, actually. Wow, that's nice. A great way to get beta readers too. Yeah, like, yeah. Yep. People give you feedback. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, yep. people give you feedback. Yeah, for sure. Shoot, we might have to host like a writers forum or something or something like that. Because I mean, I, I, lo- I love hearing um, everyone's creative process. Um, Mel has shared a lot here on the uh, on our show, and I think like, man, I'm I'm so fascinated by it. And I'm like, can I do it though? <laughs> well, we'll Absolutely, find out. <laughs> Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. You might you might need, you might need some editorial help. You, you know, some people need more editing than others. But you could always do it. Your story is yeah. always valuable, man. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since, like, we just had a whole discussion about how all Hollywood is handling writing stories. And mm. they're so disconnected from what the fans want when the fans are perfectly capable of writing stories, too. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yep. What is it? What do they call it? Fanfic? There's a lot of yep. fan fiction out there. There's a lot of fan fiction out there. I yeah. started my writing with fanfic. Back in back in the early aughts, <laughs> uh, my first writing was a Power Ranger fanfic in elementary school. Nice. I I didn't even consider the possibility of there being Power Ranger fanfic until I stumbled across one on YouTube, and it was like full on fight scenes, and they wrote the whole story, original characters. Was that was the like, movie? Yeah, uh, I'm in. <laughs> it was kind of like that gritty movie, right? That was the first one. But oh, that okay. was more because that dude's like he's got access, he's got resources. Uh-huh. Even then I didn't think like, oh, there's just like a bunch of people making Power Rangers fanfic. Uh, I came across a channel called Unworthy Productions. They have an ongoing series of like multiversal Power Rangers. There's like they're like tracking down a big threat. Like it's amazing. It's so wow. good. <laughs> Oh, all right. I'm gonna have to check that out now too. So that's you know that my my problem with um, the way I consume media. I try to con- I try to do like one show at a time, but eventually, like we're down to the point where shows are six to ten episodes. So that goes by really quickly. Except for right. when they draw it out, where it's like, oh, we're only gonna give you an episode a week. I appreciate that, but at the same time, it's like by the end of it, it's like okay. 
I don't have anything anymore. So I'm going to have to go. I'll, I'll go check out the fan fiction. And I would encourage uh, any of our listeners, if you got some suggestions or you got your projects that you're working on, <clears throat> if you have a YouTube that you want to boost to get, you know, a couple more views on, uh, send it to us. Let us let us check it out. We're very excited. We will most likely share it on our Voices in Hyperspace Facebook group where we share all kinds of other cool stuff. Mel is uh, the administrator there, and um, she's she's cultivating a really good uh, community of sci-fi enthusiasts. So, all right, let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, I want to say thank you again, Delabor. Uh, you all can find us, Voices in Hyperspace, on TikTok and YouTube. I'm Legendary Black Lion. You can find me at Legendary Black Lion on all social media platforms. Uh, but mainly, talk to me on Instagram. I am Mel Asylum. You can find me at Mel's Rebellion on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, X. Uh, was it? Threads. Yeah. <laughs> Threads and Clapper. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a Clapper. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dalibor Jovic. I am the Indie Hype Man. You can find me at Indie Hype Man on Instagram or on TikTok. Twitter, YouTube, and I am at the Dalborjevich, which is I know is you're not going to spell that. So find me on Twitter. <laughs> you can find my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and um, our other two mates, uh, Sunday and Nita. Well, Sunday was here for a bit, but she uh, lost connection. And Nita is on an away mission. Uh, everyone should be returning on our next um, on our next episode as we look into. I was, gonna, I was about to say D Space Nine, but it's uh, Babylon Five. We can look at some D Space Nine. That might be a that might be a, a future mission. But thank y'all for joining us uh, for this side mission, and we will see y'all next time. <laughs>